Coming up, what does it truly take to become successful in your entrepreneurial ventures? Well, you'll discover the most important aspect of running a business, the four characteristics that today's guest looks for in an entrepreneur to invest in, and why the business model canvas is the best tool for startups to utilize. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Do you know how well your mobile ads are performing? Well, let Adjust unify all your marketing activities into one powerful platform and give you the insights that you need to scale your app business. Check them out at adjust.com slash app masters. Want to scale your ASO and Apple search ads? Well, check out appradar.com. Their clients include Tinder, Microsoft, iTranslate, and many more. Learn more at appradar.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. And I got a repeat guest. We talked for the very first time in 2015. I brought him back on to learn what he's been up to and how he's helping game developers launch. He's incubating their apps. So his current enterprise, Burnout Game Ventures, he mentors, manages, and motivates aspiring video, video game entrepreneurs to generate ROI in six months or less. Wow. BGV, Burnout Ventures, has released over 11 products on seven platforms and has a 600-plus person talent pool. So without further further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Rupert McNaught. He is the founder and chief experience officer or CXO at Burnout Game Ventures and learn more at burnoutgameventures.com. Rupert, welcome back. Hey, man. Great to be here. Thanks. So for those who aren't familiar and who didn't get a chance to listen because the audience has grown quite a bit since then, tell us a little bit about Burnout Game Ventures. Uh, well, you want history or you, or you just want want the uh, the pitch or what? Yep. What, let's, how, how long is the history? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Congrats. And, um, uh, so basically what we do is, is – uh, I was teaching project management for the game design master's degree program for Full Sail University for more than six years. Um, and, you know, by the way, the, my former students have gone on to manage, gosh, billions of dollars in game IP for every, you name it, you know, from Naughty Dog to Riot to um, Activision and EA and so forth. Um, and so I was looking at the game industry. I've been in it since 95, um, not necessarily at the core of the industry, but, you know, on the outskirts of it. And, um, you know, I, I noticed that this industry is just going absolutely bonkers. It's like, you know, I, I, I gave a speech um, in uh, Santo Domingo, uh, um, um, Dominican Republic, uh, in October, late October. And, you know, I started, we were talking about games and everybody had this glazed look in their eyes and they didn't know what the heck was going on. And I said, I I said, I told the, the, the the moderator, I said, time out, time out. I said, who knows here anything, who here knows anything about games? And nobody knew anything. And I said, well, who here knows of a company that grew at over 13% last year? 
And again, nobody really knew. I mean, it's, it's rare, right? And I said, well, this is a 40-year-old industry that's over $100 billion, you know, 2.7 billion gamers out there. And not only has it been growing at more than 10% a year for the last 20 years, uh, almost 20 years, it grew at 13.3% last year. And, and you know, now they started to perk up a little bit. And I said, which one of you doesn't want to know that, you know, for your children, that the average compensation in the game industry is $97,000 US? And then everybody cinched up on the edge of their seats. And then I had an audience and then we could talk about games. The thing is, is, yeah, it's a great industry and all that. But the problem is, is that the vast majority of uh, people that are making content you know, creating games are not affiliated with EA or any of those other companies. And we call them, they're independents, we call them indies. They have a 95% failure rate to break even. And, you know, that's that's rather horrific. And it's like, well, wait a minute, we're how are we going to generate, you know, I don't know, $70 billion in growth over the next five years if the majority of the participants really aren't participating? And, um, you know, and these are people that, if they're trying to start a studio, then aren't they trying to be an entrepreneur? And uh, the thing is, is they they don't have a just like pretty much every other entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur, they don't know what they're getting into. And so, and I've helped many, many, many companies over the years, and so I, and I've seen it all. I've seen people lose their homes and their kids and their marriages and their 401ks and their, you know, and everything. And, and God forbid, even, even a couple of them, their lives. And, you know, I don't want to see that happen to anybody. So, you know, I've, I've studied games for, I've studied companies and why they succeed, succeed and why they fail for many, many years. And, and honestly, if your car's all banged up, you just don't know how to drive. And if you can't get your companies off the ground, you don't know how to manage specifically project management. And to me, that is the, the, the most important aspect of running a successful business uh, is, having, is, is, is developing the processes that create good products and services. And once you do that, then you can, you, you, you can, you can practically own the world. And um, uh, so that's what we focus on is we help these game studios, we provide them all the people they need. Like you mentioned, we have over 600 people in our talent pool. We provide them with um, all the out-of-pocket expenses uh, if they need, you know, hardware, software, or anything like that. Uh, sometimes we do bring in some paid people to help them out with the with the game, uh, and um, and then of course we, we we pay for the marketing, which is anywhere from you know a couple thousand bucks to a hundred thousand bucks. It just depends on the game and how well it's doing, and um, uh, and we, we just go from there. So we're helping. Our goal is to help entrepreneurs to be successful. How do you find the right entrepreneur? Because here, let me, before I go into that, Rupert, actually, you said the most important aspect of running a business is the process and making sure. But what about the service, like the product, the end product? Isn't that just equally as important? Like, But how do you, do you create the product or the service well? that a customer will buy, you know, these guys are creating games they want to sell, but they're not necessarily games people want to buy. And it's all because they don't have the processes. If you have the right processes, well, you know what people want and then you create what they want. Uh, and, uh, and then you do it right the first time. 
instead of, you know, taking three, four years. I don't understand why it takes three, four years to create a game. You know, our target is to make games from anywhere from two to 12 months. Uh, and, um, and we've been so far, our, uh, different products that we put out there. I mean, every game has a title, right? Like Bit Evolution or Not Without You, but it has multiple products because obviously when you create a PC-based game, it ain't going to work on a Mac. You got to create a whole, you got to create a new, you know, version of the game to work on a Mac. And then you got to create a new version to work on iOS and another one to work on, on, um, uh, PlayStation and another one to work on itch or, 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 um, not itch, but, uh, you know, switch and so on and so forth. So, you know, uh, when you look at the 11 products that we've got out there right now, uh, the average is, it's more than six months. It's like about almost just under seven months. It takes us to put a, put a product out there on average, but, uh, we're, we're trying to get that down to six months. So I guess that makes sense because you're saying, Hey, part of the process is how do you come up with the right idea? How do you come up with the idea that's actually going to sell? So how do you guys figure that out then? Well, what we do is is we look at games, uh, game ideas, and, and first of all, we're interested in knowing whether or not they have a, a viable idea. And typically, somebody who just says, hey, I have an idea, well, you know, that and five bucks will get you a cup of coffee. You know, I want to see a game design doc. I want to see a playable uh, alpha prototype. Uh, I'd like to see concept drawings. I want to see storyboards. Uh, you know, I want to see what kind of a team you have and what your skill sets are and what you bring to the table. Uh, and then I want I want to see if you've determined what your target market is. And even I mean, just even knowing what a target market is, is, is a plus. And, um, you know, these are all things that if you want to have your own studio, you need to know these things. If you don't know these things, then then you don't have a business, you have a hobby. Do you find that some of the people that you work with, like, what's the key thing that they might be missing? Like, oh, I've got, because a lot of times, you know, I hear from a lot of people in the space group who launch a game like, Steve, I can't make any money. I've launched like 10 games and I can't make any money off of this. What do you find is like the critical error that they're making with the list of things that you just mentioned? Well, uh, just let's assume that they've done whatever they need to do to get the game out there. Obviously it's out there. Right. Uh, the, the problem, of course, is marketing. And marketing doesn't start uh, after the game's done. Marketing actually starts before you start creating the game. So, you know, you need to identify, you've got to come up with the idea, and then you've got to determine what the mark target market is for that game. And then you've got to learn about that target market so that you know what they like and what they don't like and what they're apt to do and enjoy and not enjoy and so forth. And then you mold that idea that you have rolling around in your head to that market. So you're making a game that people will buy, not just one that you want to sell. Uh, and then as you're developing the game, you have developer blogs, you have all kinds of other things that you put out there, develop social networking and all that, and you develop a fan base. And, and so hopefully by the time that you've finished, typically if it does take three or four years, by, within that period of time, you should have at least you know several thousand people that are just itching to get their hands on the game. So when you release it, boom, you've got a release and, you know, you've got several thousand people, uh, several thousand installs. And then you go at that point and, and just market the hell out of it with that money that you're generating on the installs. Just put almost 100 percent of it back into 
uh, marketing the game. Hire a good marketing company and 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 you know people that are that know anything about marketing and, and just get it out there. What are you looking for when you when entrepreneurs come to you and say, "Look, Rupert, I've got this game idea. You know, here's some here's a playable version, or here's some design dogs. You know, what are you looking for? Are you looking for something within the entrepreneur too? Yes, I mean, uh, and and to answer your question, your previous question better. You know, we're, we are looking for entrepreneurs and it's not for everybody. And people think that, you know, everybody and their grandmother calls them just like they call themselves project managers when they're not. And they call themselves entrepreneurs when they're not. And the thing is, is an, an entrepreneur has to, a successful entrepreneur has four is very strong in four different characteristics. First of all is risk taking risk tolerance, right? Willing to take a lot of risks. I mean, if you're not willing to risk everything in your life, for your business, then you're, it's going to make your, your, your business, uh, success very, uh, uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a good, good proposition. Uh, it's not going to be a, a percentage play. Uh, so risk taking, if you're not willing to take enough risks, then it's, it's not going to help. You have to have, uh, resilience because man, we get knocked down and dragged out every single day, 16, 18 hours a day. Uh, and if you can't get up, you know, like, 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 uh, like he says, why do we fall Bruce? So we could pick ourselves back up again. Right. Um, and then of course comes initiative. You got to get up in the morning and you just got to go, go, go and do, do, do. And, and, you know, and, and the wonderful thing about initiative is even if you don't know what to do, at least you have the initiative to ask others for help. So, you know, if you don't have, if you're a one man band in your game, that doesn't stop you from having 10, 15 advisors that like you and like what you're doing and want to help in any way and, and are worth a phone call once a month, you know. Um, and and then, of course, you know, that takes initiative. Um, and then, of course, let's see, I said risk. Resistance, initiative. Resilience, initiative. Resilience, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. And, um, oh, gosh. What's the fourth one? Well, it's just drive, basically. Um, but the thing is, is when I look at people and when I talk to them, and if you and it, when they fill out our application, it's a it's a forty something question application, and um, you know I'm trying to find out whether or not they they they're entrepreneurial, and you know so I ask them, are you willing to put forth a lot of effort up front in order to get gain later? Um, you know, if, if somebody gives you something, if somebody holds up something that you really like and says, I can give this to you now, or I can come back in two hours and give you two of them, which one are you, are you going to wait? Or are you going to take what, what's there, you know, um, on a scale of one to 10, what do you, what do you think your resilience and your initiative and your risk take tolerance level and, um, and, uh, are, and so, and creativity, that's the fourth one, creativity. And, and creativity is not just limited to the game itself. You know, there's a lot of creativity that's involved in project management, for example. You know, project management's divided into 10 different knowledge areas. You got scope, the work and how it's done, the schedule, the cost, the quality. You've got human resources. You've got procurement. How do you get the stuff you need? You've got change management, how to handle change when it comes by, how to manage your stakeholders. Um, you've, you've got... Um, uh, you know, and, and a few other things as well. Communications, how y'all communicate. All these things are part of project management and people don't realize it. 
so we look at these things and, and of course we look and see how well prepared they are to speak with us. Um, I like go getters. I like, like I've, I've been in a discussion with somebody today and I'm meeting with them on Monday that, uh, you know, they developed the playable prototype. They showed it at a, at a, at a conference. They got really good feedback from it. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, this guy's, really going, you know, going all out to, to get his game out there. And it's at least in a state of play that I can play it and, and, and see it. And then, um, you know, it gives me a much better idea as to what we would need to do and bring to the table in order to make it a successful. I like it. Yeah. I'm going, I'm looking at your questions right now just to see, because one of my questions is going to be, how do you test resilience? Because I think that's the the hardest thing. And I think out of all the, obviously the, the, the four that you mentioned, I almost find like that is it, right? Resilience is key because things aren't going to go according to plan. Most of the time. Yeah. So like, (laughs) I know one question you said, you know, the, the the marshmallow question, which is, you know, a a famous research study. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, somebody gives you a marshmallow and some other treats. I can give you this treat now, or or I can give you two treats two hours from now. Which one do you Mm -hmm. want? Give it now or give me. And then they did the study where obviously if you waited for those who can delay gratification, Mm -hmm. those ended up being more successful in life. The kids that were, they did, they ran into this with like small children. Right. We're also looking for people that have a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. Uh, and a growth mindset basically looks at, and that builds resilience because a growth mindset says, you know, when you stumble, you, you, you try to, you reflect on that stumble and you try to understand it and see what you can learn from it. So you don't do it again and you can grow that way. Fixed mindset people just like get discouraged and say, ah, you know, it's because of this and I screwed up here and there and I'm, you know, and it's not worth it, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, so we're looking at for growth mindset people. And as far as measuring resilience, um, I do ask them a question about, you know, what to, to inform us and let us know what you're, proudest achievement has been and i'm looking for people to to respond with you know i graduated from high school i spent four years to going to classes doing this doing that or i finished college i went for two years or three years or four years and i did this and that or i worked on a game for three years and i you know i just got up every day and i you know spent at least two hours a day on it blah blah blah. i'm looking for people to show me that they've got what it takes to to put forth the effort uh, and, and do that, um, and get it done. The other thing we're looking for is, are they coachable? Um, because if, if, you know, I've got, um, I've got two dozen of the top advisors in the world. And, you know, if they say your game needs to do something, it needs to make a change in your game. You damn well better do it. Right. Because they've been there, done that. They don't, we're, we don't want you to make the same mistakes that they've made or that we've made. So, We've already made those mistakes. Why on earth would you not listen to us when we say, hey, this color needs to be softer or this gameplay needs to be changed this way or so on and so forth? So um, so they, they, they need to be coachable. If they're not willing to listen, then I'm not going to invest my time, money, or effort. How does it work, Rupert? So let's say everything works out. You and I'm a game developer. I want to work with you guys, and we want to move forward. You like what we've you know, sort of put together, what's the relationship like? Do you, is it like, how much do you invest? How much do you take from us? Like for, as a company, what, how does that all that work? Well, um, the, so basically we, we become partners 
uh, you, you're you're not you're not just clients; you're client partners, and uh, we're totally transparent. I mean, every single thing that we do, it's a 15-page agreement, and everything that we do is in that agreement. And all our expectations of what we expect from you, and all your expectations of what you expect from us, is in there. Uh, and then we work very closely. We have a lot. We've developed a lot of processes and tools to make sure that the that the game gets cre- the product gets created as quickly as possible to a high degree of quality, uh, and um, uh, and that you know it's exactly what our customers tell us it needs to be. And um, with regard to the investment, we don't pay salaries because honestly, paying an entrepreneur to be an entrepreneur is kind of defeats the purpose. Um, if you're, if you consider yourself an entrepreneur, nobody's paying you a salary for that. Uh, and so I, you know, that's one of the reasons I consider the, the, the venture capital model to be broken. Um, in any case, we, what we do is everybody who is in our talent pool has some other job or other thing that they do to pay their bills. And they're doing this in their spare time. The thing is though, is Instead of two or three people working on a game with our talent pool, you've got 12 to 15 to up to 20 people that are working on the game. So now instead of having, you know, uh, 20 hours a week capacity, you can have 200 hours a week capacity. Everybody's all working the same number of hours that you are, but you've got a lot more of them. And then with our processes in place, and we gamified our project management process as well to help motivate people to uh uh, to, to do what they need to do. Then they go forth and, uh, and they work together and they communicate and we have fun. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fun process and, uh, you know, we just, we, we get her done. And, um, like I said, we've got in five years, we've got 11 products out there on seven different platforms. Our first game was favorably reviewed by PewDiePie and sold, uh, uh, in Steam, it's got over 65,000 units registered, and we've done over 100,000 overall. Um, not without you, we're getting ready to do a big push and so forth and hiring marketing companies and whatnot. And what we're trying to do is our goal is to kick their butts out the door, okay? It's it's like a father, you know, or a parent. It's like your goal as a parent is when they blow that eight, those 18 or 21 candles out, you need to be able to open the door and kick them out the door and know that they're going to be an asset to humanity. So we're trying to, we're trying to, we're showing, we're teaching them how to fish, right? If you know how to do it right the first time, then the chances of you doing it right the second time and even the hundredth time are that much greater. So once our goal is to make sure that they're sustainable, that they're generating um, sustainable revenues, they're hiring people, they've got enough money to get their own office space and everything else, which we help them get and all that. And then hopefully within a year to two, three years max, they're built, they, they have an ability to do that. And then we couldn't be happier. Got it. Uh, so that's, that's basically what, what our goal is in that regard. So you do put some money into it. Obviously it's not salary, but you do put some money into it. And then you take oh, yeah. a portion of the, the company. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm, ta- I'm getting the sense that you don't want to give out specifics in terms of numbers, but I at least want the audience to understand that, hey, obviously there will be some money put into your game from Burnout Game Ventures. And then obviously you get a piece of the pie as well. Yeah, well, the typical deal uh, with uh, with a publisher is, you know, they're they're going to basically say we're going to give you fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars or whatnot for your game, 
and then now you don't have any IP because they own it. And uh, now you don't have any more creative freedom. And by the way, they're going to give you 10% of the profits. Okay. And profits could be, nobody knows that they don't even know what the profits are. Uh, I, we, on the other hand, say, look, uh, we, number one, we don't want your IP because it's yours. You created it and you have every right to it. Uh, and honestly, it's a pain in the butt to manage. And uh, so you keep your IP. In addition, um, we we give you 90% of your creative freedom because, as I said earlier, I mean, if 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 the guy who created Assassin's Creed tells you you need to you need to fix something in your game, you damn well better fix it, right? Um, and uh, and be very happy about doing that. Um, and then what we do is is we get anywhere depending on how well you perform during the development of the product. Anywhere from 25, we get 25 to 40% of the the revenues, the net revenues or gross revenues, which means the developer gets a majority, at least uh, 60% of the, of the revenues. And that's easy. You know, you sell one unit for 10 bucks, the revenue, you know, steam or Apple or whoever takes their 30% off. We get, we get seven bucks of that. And then, you know, the developer gets, anywhere from 60 to 75% of that. Um, there are things we do take out, you know, we need to get paid back for the money we invested in the game, which is usually, uh, anywhere from, uh, five to 35,000 dollars or more, depending on the marketing campaigns. But, you know, that's why, that's why our investors are happy because, you know, we've been paying ROI monthly since January of 17 and because it's a revenue share model. And, uh, so, um, they like the fact that, Hey, my chances of getting zero ROI is zero because, you know, I signed the agreement two weeks ago and I got a check today. You know, it's like, now I'm not going to, I'm not going to mislead anybody and say, wow, it's ma- It's not massive amounts of money. And we're still, we're still a startup and we're still trying to move forward. Uh, but it's a hell of a lot better than, than investing in something and then not seeing any, a dime for five years. Um, and, yeah, so it, I like it, Rupert. Hey, Rupert, I, w- I do want to talk about the talent pool. What's the talent sure. pool all about? So I'm assuming that you said people work and they kind of they have other ways that they're maintaining. But are right. they paid off of like a so like if I wanted to join the talent pool, like I can definitely help out with some of the ASO stuff or some of the marketing stuff too mm-hmm. from an app perspective. Sure. But it would be like almost like a, a shared pool. So I would yeah. be a part of it and a part of a game launch and then whatever it made, I would get like maybe one, two percent from the game revenue type of thing. Is that how it works? Or whatever. I mean, yeah, whatever. whatever. It's to be, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so like I said, we gamified things. So uh, everybody gets paid according to what they put into the product. And, uh, and that's when the money flows. Um, we do take out, uh, you know, our, our investment first and then our investors like to get their money first, but ultimately the investors only get a, a royalty of about 5% overall. Uh, but they're getting paid back many times what they put into it. So, uh, that's, that's the beauty of it. Um, cool. which doesn't take, take away from our ability to, to grow and scale. And all the games that you guys have released so far, the, have they always been paid games? Uh, so far, yeah. But like okay. I said, we're we're in the process of uh, not without you. For example, is a is a paid game, uh, so it's two bucks, dollar uh, ninety nine. However, uh, we're getting ready to do a new version of that game. Plus, we're releasing a freemium version of the game. 
so people can take their pick. They can either spend two bucks on the uh, on the full uh, premium version, or they can pay I don't know, you know, more than that for the freemium, the full freemium version. So it's up it's up to we leave it up to the players. I like it. Now the the last thing I want to end with is the tool. You said what's the best tool for startups to utilize? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the best tool is uh, is a, is a good foundation. And the best way to f- develop a good foundation is, um, uh, well, is a business model canvas at this point in time. So um, I see so many companies, like, for example, there was this is m- massive study that was done late last year. And they, s- they saw that of the top 20 reasons why companies fail, the number one reason is there's no market for the product or service. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, right? It's like somebody, all these people spent billions of dollars of time, money, and effort to get a product or service out there, and then there's no market for it. And I'm like, if you developed, if you utilized a good business model canvas, and honestly, I don't, I haven't seen any good business model canvases. It got so frustrating that I had to develop my own. Uh, and you know, like a good business model canvas, for example, will first ask why, why are you doing this? If, if you're doing it just to chase the almighty dollar, then you're not an entrepreneur and you're more like a con artist because if, if you believe in the dollar more than your product or service, then what do they call somebody who doesn't believe in their product that they're selling, you know? Mm. Uh, and so we got to understand why, why are you doing this? Because every, once an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur understands the why they're doing something, what's their purpose? What's their, what was their epiphany and how they get to it? Every single decision they make after that needs to be in line with that. Why? Okay. Because that keeps them focused on their goal. Uh, and then products or problem. What problem are you solving? Well, what's, what, what are the solutions that you're providing to those problems? Without the solutions, you have no features and benefits. And if you have no features and benefits identified, how the hell do you know what value you're bringing to the table? Why would somebody give you money if you have, if you don't even know why? So, uh, you know, so the number one tool by far and away is a good business model canvas. I found one on Wikipedia. Do you have a preferred one that you like to use? Like I said, my own. Your own? You want to share that with us or you want to keep it close to the vest? Uh, I do keep it a little close to the vest because I'm writing a book about it. Awesome. But, uh, but you know, there's 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 one that every, all the incubators here in town use that to me is not only worthless; it's actually harmful. Um, because there's there's one. In fact, uh, whenever I mentor a company that at any of the incubators, I ask them to bring me a printed copy of their business model canvas. And as soon as they, and as soon as I see what it is. I rip it to shreds in front of them and I say, okay, forget this one. We're going to start. Let's, let's build, let's build a, let's build a 10 mile thick concrete foundation for your company instead of this two inches of sand one here. Okay. Um, and I don't want to name names, but it begins with the S <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Um, and, <laughs> that's the one uh, I found. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it doesn't even ask those three things. Why are you doing this? What problem are you solving and what are your solutions? It just yeah. goes straight to the value. And I'm like, how the hell do you know that? You don't even, if you don't even know what problem you're solving, then how on earth are you going to know what value? Yeah. Uh, you know, it just makes no sense to me. 
Anything else I miss, Rupert, before we hit the big finish? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, we're rocking and rolling. We've got, um, we're getting ready to sign six new uh, titles. Uh, and each title is going to have a, probably another 10 products for each title. Uh, we've got a, we're going to have a, some big uh, PR going out within the, in the coming months. And uh, we've got new investors lined up and uh, got new marketing partners and so forth. So we're really excited uh, to be able to, you know, our goal is to create 50 sustainable businesses in the next five years. And so, you know, an investor who invests in us is not just investing in us. They're investing in the, in the fortunes of, of, you know, these 50 other companies. So that makes their return on investment potential much greater. And then, of course, when our when we're creating games for, you know, when we take out salaries, we, we cut the cost of making games by 75 percent right off the top. And then our processes knock another another um, 20 to 25 percent on top of that. So, you know, instead of seven, eight hundred thousand dollars to make a game, we're doing it, like I said, for anywhere from from four thousand up to, you know, thirty five to fifty thousand, depending on marketing. Um and we'll do more than that if it's really marketing well. So uh, you can imagine what that does to ROI as well. Um, so you know, where we look, at, I look at everything. You know, it's part of good project management. You look at everything; it's everything's got to be a win-win situation for everybody concerned, for all your stakeholders. So that's what we strive to do to make sure everybody's happy. Uh, we communicate with them all the time, and uh, you know, we we're always asking questions. We make no assumptions about things. And uh, yeah, so we're looking forward to the next five years. Awesome. Well, congrats on the first five years so far. So before we hit the big finish, Rupert, I want to thank my sponsor, AppRadar.com. They just launched this free ASO plan that's going to really outdo any ASO tool paid plan. They go up to 200 keywords. You can do keyword research. You can see the traffic. You can see all the scores that they have for that particular keyword. And one of the key things that I like to do when I'm doing ASO is really try to find the keywords, especially as a brand new app that have decent traffic below competition. And you got to do a lot of keyword research. You have to come up with keyword discovery. That's what the main thing is. How do you cleverly come up with keyword Keywords that actually have that, that fit that. So you have to think creatively. And that's what AppRadar will help you do as well. They've got clients ranging from Abby, where a friend of mine works, Microsoft, Tinder, so many great companies on their platform. And they can even help you with Apple search ads. They have a team that can help you scale up your Apple search ads if you need that help as well. So go check out their free ASO tool plan just by going to AppRadar. They've got a little online chat and just let them know that you heard it on this podcast. So I get a little love as well, but it is appradar.com. Rupert, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app. We definitely have to check out. Not without you on iOS, Android, Steam, and itch. What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? That not everybody's an entrepreneur. I like that. You think, I mean, but don't you think that, interesting. I like it. I'll leave it there because I won't add any more with that. The website, if you guys want to go work with Rupert, it is called burnoutgameventures.com. Rupert, if the audience wants to follow up with you and say thank you for coming on or just follow up with you personally, do you want to send them anywhere else? 
Uh, they can look up Burnout Game Ventures on either Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. Uh, go to our website, sign up for our newsletter, um, and just and keep posted. And if if they're interested in being part of our talent pool, if they've got any any number of skills that they believe would help uh, in game development and marketing, then by all means apply to be, to be in our talent pool. We take a lot of interns. We, uh, we're also looking for advisors, additional advisors and investors. So by all means, check us out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rupert. Thanks for coming back on. Congrats Thanks. on everything gonna, so far. I'm going to check out App Radar too. I want to check that out. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.